Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Soda number 146, the Tannehill Tent Peep of Sodes. <laughs> that, that is so, uh, that, that was so cute and innocent, wasn't it? That really he was. See, he just wanted to see how his friends were playing. Watch his friends play from, you know, he was grounded. He was he was sent to his room, sent to his tent, and uh just had to just wanted to watch the guys, watch the boys. Hey, how are they doing out there? You know, honestly, I to me, the guy is addicted to pain. Because not only does he go in for a bad ankle, but like you, then you wanted to watch the Titans more. Like that is that just shows me you're addicted to pain. Because all of us Titans fans know, watching this year's Titans team, I think I think we'd be better suited every Sunday if we just stubbed our toe every every Sunday at noon. I that's think that'd the, be that's the only way to live behind left tackles Dennis Daly and Dylan Radins, even though he got hurt on Sunday as well, is just embrace the pain. Yeah. Tannehill took it to a whole nother level by watching this Titans offense without him on the field, which is maybe that maybe that's what Tannehill was doing. Maybe he was watching to see if Dennis Daly blocks for Malik Willis. Maybe it's like, maybe he's like, is is he just me? Am I the problem? Like, is he just not blocking for me? Uh, but no, no, that's not the case. Tannehill, it, he doesn't block for anyone. That one comes via Rocky Top TN Titan, um, a a a big tupper, a big supporter of the podcast, and we appreciate him. Um, Rocky Top, did you unblock Jack yet? Did he? Did I think he, he block did. you. I I, th- I thought I saw him in my mentions. Okay, all right, uh, good. I don't know. I don't know. I hope he did. We we had a good thing going. He gets upset when I when I slander the balls, which is just yeah. You slander you slandered the balls pretty hard after the South Carolina week. Look, uh, look. When, when you follow me on Twitter, you kind of have to have to know that's coming. <laughs> you know, it, as point. both an Ole Miss and Vandy fan, that is like the perfect storm to just troll uh, Vols fans. Yeah. Well, um, if you hopefully we'll if you want to. Yeah, yeah. If you want to submit a so title for next week, just tweet at us with something obscure about the Titans. We'll name the so that and give you credit. Uh, we're running low. We're running low. So we need you to submit your so titles at Titan Up Pod on Twitter. The um, and uh, and then yeah, we've got look, we got Drew Bennett joining us. We've got we're going to talk about this lousy Titans offense. We're going to talk about a lot of different things uh, coming up. Not that we want to, because this team is really. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you really want the juice, last week's episode, you could just re-listen to last week's episode, and everything still applies. You know why? Because the Titans change nothing from week to week. But we're still going to deliver you our best Titans takes. Uh, but before we do, we're going first going to get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. Yes, our friends at Relax the Back. It, uh, that's the perfect place to get your holiday shopping done. If you've procrastinated, if you've waited this long, 
and you still need to get your significant other or maybe your in-laws or your family, your cousins, your grandparents, something great for Christmas that they'll use every single day. And they will never forget this present. You can find it at Relax the Back. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work, uh, hunched over, maybe writing or typing. They've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep every night. The Relax the Back team is going to make sure you're waking up and feeling great every single day. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. If you're unable to get there in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking cold prison. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is the Henber 21st, 2022. And Jack, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's a new segment that we just installed this season. But it's a time to look at the Titans' offensive output this year. Here we go. 27, 24, 24, 21, 19, 17, 17, 17, 27, 16, 10, 22, 14. 14. It, it's, I guess it's going, I get, it, it, it kind of started low. You had that you kind of had a little bit of a hill, a little peak, and then it was back in the back to the valley. 14 points against the Chargers defense that hasn't stopped a nosebleed on the ground this entire season with a banged up secondary. They've got practice squad dudes out there on the back end of that defense, and the Titans can only manage 14 points on offense. Another tough Sunday for Titans fans. 14 points. Now, look, I mean, look. I know beggars can't be choosers here. We should be grateful that seven of those points, half of those points came in the second half, which we know is rare these days. So the fact that they could get uh, some second half points scored. I mean, look, Todd Downing's probably patting himself on the back this week. He's probably <laughs> saying, hey, you know, did pretty good. Now, I will say uh, that brings the Titans second half points total for the entire season up to 31. 31 points scored in the second half this season. Uh, Derrick Henry thought we were going to see a Derrick Henry fourth quarter touchdown, but indeed, uh, I believe it is now 16 games in a row where Derrick Henry hasn't scored in the fourth quarter. Quickly. Tannehill got a, a sneak in there. You said 31 points in the second half all season long. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Vikings scored 30, what was it? I guess 39 points mm-hmm. if you count yep. overtime in their comeback win over the Colts, which was great, by the way. I love watching the Colts fail because it's not enough for me to succeed. I must also see my enemies fail. We saw yeah. our enemies fail um, in historic fashion. The Colts blew the biggest lead in NFL history. Honestly, Austin, what helps cover up this Titans loss, but mainly, I guess, I guess Titans fans at this point, like, like I am and you are, are now numb to this pain. But there were some losses this weekend that, I mean, totally cover up and mask the failures of the Tennessee Titans. The Patriots lost in dramatic fashion on a lateral during a tie game, very un-Belichick-like. Um, the Colts also, like, like we just said, blew that huge lead. So, I mean, 
all things considered, the Titans just lost the football game. Now, mm-hmm. people outside of Tennessee, that, that, that's all they see. Right? The Titans, but people inside Tennessee, they're like, just lost another football game. That's four straight losses. It's been awful. It's been it's been embarrassing. It's a Titans offense that even though Derrick Henry is moving the ball on the ground, he had 100 yards again, 104 yards and a touchdown, was running efficiently pretty much all day long. Just the passing game let him down. The, the Ryan Tannehill interception was bad. He got sacked four more times. It's an offensive line where you know Tannehill just doesn't have enough time to to really go through all of his reads back there and not a, not a whole lot of options to throw to once he does that. So it's it was just another terrible effort from the Titans. It was heartbreaking because it was a, it was a classic Titans game. They kept you in it. They made you believe. They tied it up late, and it all fell apart. Dicker the kicker sends the Titans six feet deep into their own grave in L.A. See, I don't, I don't, I, and I mean, I think I'm just becoming, um, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm becoming a, the fan that I hate uh, this season. But there was no point in that game where I thought they were going to win. I the Chargers scored early. the The Titans were somehow able to tie it up. But I kept thinking, like, there's, I don't think this team is winning this game. They're just not. They can't move the ball to football. They added to their league-leading three-and-out total. They're now at 48 three-and-outs on the season, which I, I, I guess is um, at least we're first in something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Rabel did look like he wanted to go for two towards the end of that game. Staley was smart to use his timeout. I'm, I'm so glad he didn't, though. I'm I, like, I'm so glad he didn't. This offense is so bad. I don't want them. I don't want to put the ball in this offense's hands to win a game. And that's I, what I'm thinking, right? Uh, Cause you have to have a play to go to in that situation. You got to have your best play from that down and distance and in short yardage, high leverage situations. Oh, you know, Todd sweep, Downing would have called a toss sweep or something is some ridiculous Malik Willis reverse or read option. Or I guarantee you, if they go for two Malik Willis finds his way on that field, like Ryan Tannehill yeah, probably were, were not up to par. His status for Sundays, even in question now, I guarantee you if the Titans had gone for two, Todd Downing would have trotted Willis out there. It it's really, really discouraging. I and I, I've written about this, but I I feel like this Titans team is turning me into a nihilist. <laughs> like, what's the point anymore? Like, what is anything what is the purpose of anything anymore? Like, okay, let's say they beat the Chargers on on Sunday and they get closer. Let's say they win the division and let's say they get a home playoff game. So what? They're well, not. Home they're, playoff games no, are great. They're not. Oh yeah, they have but, been for the Titans in years past. Okay, I yeah, know. I know. They have been really but, great. Ravens, Bengals, uh, uh, Ravens again. Uh, Backdooring like, your way into a home playoff game is not the way to do it. I'm just like, it's just like it. This team has shown us this offense can't do anything. It, it is their Achilles heel. I mean, the defense is playing their asses off every single week. They had they had a, a run of eight games earlier this she- season where they kept teams under 21 points. 17 points still, allowed against the Chargers, missing seven starters the, on defense. That that is unreal. That it like and and that's the thing too. It's like oh, you could say oh, well this this team's banged up. Injuries are their their issue, which which we saw a lot of. In fact, we put out a, a couple of our clips on our Instagram page uh, at Tighten Up Podcast, and a lot of the comments were, "This team's injured. What do you expect?" You know, we last week we declared this Titans team is dead. We called the time of death last Tuesday, 
And a lot of people were like, they're they're injured. What do you expect? And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The defense is injured too. And yet this defense is still next man up mentality is still producing at a high level. Throw the, the, throw offense, the Eagles game, throw the Eagles game out of the window. That, the that, was an anomaly. that was that was an anomaly. Right. They're allowed like to crop the bed once a season, uh, th- well, twice a season with the count the Bills game. But like <laughs> this offense is dealing with the same things, but they're not able to overcome it because of coaching. Because the uh, because of everything that we have we have seen, Jack, I saw a chart. Um, and and, and, and uh, quickly before you get into your chart, I, it's not yeah. just coaching though. They, they didn't have the talent to begin with at the beginning of the season, and that falls on but Robinson but, who no. put this team together. And, and, I, and I get that during the season when injuries popped up. When Josh Kalu is in your starting secondary, do you think they have the talent to to do things? No, you scheme around it. You figure out ways to to play into to player strengths okay if 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 you've got a freaking turnstile at left tackle you're not going to run the ball to the left you're you're going to figure <laughs> out ways to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands to to get things done to where you know like you mask your deficiencies and the titans aren't doing that the titans are still <laughs> not to go like i did last week they're still trying to stick a square peg in a round hole, Jack. And it's and guess what? After watching a, another 60 minutes of Titans football, it's still not fitting. That yeah. square peg is still not fitting into the round hole. And it and like if you want to say, like, oh, well, how do we know it's not coaching? Maybe it's just talent. Okay, sure, sure. But but it can you, be both. Which it can I be both. It and it, I, I think it's pretty clear that it is. It, it can be both, yes. But good coaches can make bad talent work. Right now, the Titans offense is not doing that. They don't know how to do that. I, I saw this uh, Titans uh, offensive EPA uh, per play by week chart. And it's from 2019 to, to the current day, 2022, after Sunday. And it is like, uh, if you're in the green or in the blue, that's good. Okay. The higher you are, the better. If you're in the, obviously if you're in the orange or the red, that's bad. Jack, I can't, I can't begin to tell you. Now I will say this from the Broncos game in 2019. Okay. Marcus Mariota's final start until the end of 2020. All every game but uh but seven. Every game but seven were in the green and a lot of which were in the blue. The blue is obviously the highest. Okay. So it's been an a efficient lot of green. offense for the most part. It freaking looks like the, the Chicago skyline with how tall these towers are on this chart. Okay. <laughs> then you then you go to 2021 and it starts with the worst of all four years, the worst EPA. It starts. With that Arizona Cardinals game, oh, you remember you remember the game, the apology Every, game. We all remember the game. Literally, Todd Downing's tenure as offensive coordinator started with the Titans' worst EPA per play of all of the last four seasons. And then, no joke, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They only have over the last two seasons. Remember, how I said only seven games were in the negative for under um since since the Broncos game only seven play games 
dude, only nine games are in the green and none are in the blue. That's like, out of 31 games. That's out of 31 games. Only nine have had like decent or, or okay offensive outputs. It is. And there's only been two this season, the Raiders game and the Packers game. Okay. <laughs> only two. And they're not, and they're like light green too. Like it's just been, I, I know I'm like, here I am trying to like verbally describe yeah, a chart hard, to you guys. It's hard to do that. The, they, they need the visuals. I think. But let, let me just say this when, when <laughs> not that, not that I, anyone like doesn't already know this, but, um, um, under Todd Downing's tenure, it looks like the skyline of Des Moines. Okay. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Des Moines. Never been. It's there's like one skyscraper and that's it like that. And then it's like, it's con comical how small the skyline of it's Des Moines like the, is. it's like the water tower in Des Moines. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and then, and then you look at, uh, um, uh, uh, why am I freaking blanking on his name? Um, Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith. Thank you. And then you've got freaking Arthur Smith's, uh, tenure. And it's no joke. It is it, it is tall towers. It looks like that meme of like uh, when you say like, oh, here's what the world would look like if, you know, like the uh, where like the towers are just built up. There's fl flying cars. It's like the perfect 48, utopia. 48, three and outs this season. The, the United States men's national team has won a football game more recently than the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> you know, it's bad when that has happened. <laughs> The, the World Cup final is great, though. Messi got his. Uh, you know, he didn't. He did. I don't know. I'm not going to start talking soccer because people who actually. The World Cup final. Football. Yeah, that was the only good football game I watched on Sunday. Jack, the two <laughs> things I, I really want to lament on are. Um, the Titans have one player on their offense who is the best player head and shoulders above. Uh, do you know who I'm referring to? Well, it would have to be Derrick Henry. Okay, so you're already more suited to be an offensive coordinator than Todd Downing because yeah. for whatever reason, this team does not use Derrick Henry in the key moments of the game when they should. Okay, Even on their, their, their game-tying touchdown drive, he was off the field more than he was on it. And I'm glad you started there because I wanted to talk about that. The The two-minute offense for this team, it was it was like – it was painful. It was more painful seeing Derrick Henry on the sidelines watching the two-minute drive than it was seeing Ryan Tannehill in that tent peeking it's not, through the, the hole. It's not 2019 anymore. Like, he can catch passes. He did it on uh, Sunday and had a huge oh, run after the catch. Hang on. He can catch passes? You mean literally Sunday's leading receiver for the Titans can catch <laughs> passes? He led the Titans in receiving yards on Sunday. And you're going to, you're going to say, oh, well, you know, we need a pass catching back in there. 59 yards on four catches. He led the team in, and not only that. Okay. Even if you're like, okay, if you still want to be stubborn and be like, oh, well, he can't catch passes. We don't, we don't need him. You use him in there schematically. Okay. No one is turning their heads with Hassan Haskins. If you run a play action fake, which the Titans run the least of in the NFL since Todd Downing took over, which is again mind-boggling, when they used to league, 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 they used to lead the league in the NFL in play action pass when Arthur Smith was the coach. You would think that they would leave him in just to freaking put a freeze on linebackers. The threat of Derrick Henry. The threat. For, of Derrick Henry. For my always sunny fans, it's it's because of the implication. 
the implication <laughs> that Henry might do something bad to your defense. I that to me is so like it, I, I like I I don't get it. I, I like I I I'm, Mike Vrabel is such a smart football mind, but how he doesn't see this kind of crap and like he he likes to take credit. Oh yeah, yeah, no, all offensive play calls go through me. You know, everything everything that happens on offense goes through me first. And it's like, okay, so you're not even seeing this. You're not seeing the fact that your best player a, a player that the entire league fears is sitting on the sidelines watching a two minute drive late in the game. Why? 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 Like, I don't, I, 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 I don't get that. And then furthermore, on top of the two minute drive, you had two third down and twos. Okay. Two, one of which the ball did not go to Derrick Henry. They didn't even, they didn't even run play action with Derrick Henry. They just threw the ball. On third and two, of course, it fell incomplete. Titans had to, that, that drive ended. It's funny, uh, Downing likes to run on second and 10, but he'll throw it on third and two. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And like, and then, and then on the very next third and two, again, Derrick Henry, not even on the field. Like, I'm like, I, I, I legitimately feel like I'm going crazy, Jack. I legitimately feel like I am. Like I'm dreaming and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to tell my wife about this dream. Like, yeah, the Titans, like they had this, like they had this offensive coordinator wouldn't even give their best player the ball. Like they wouldn't even like, they, they like literally, literally the only good thing about their offense, they wouldn't, they, they, they refused to go to him. They, they instead uh, tried to get screen passes out to Jeff Swaim. Uh, they instead tried to, you know, find Nick Westbrook, Akine open in the, uh, as a five yard out route. Like it's like, that's the best this offense can do. And I I'm like, just, I'm blowing my mind. Like I want to stop just... you though. I want to stop you because we've had this conversation, this exact conversation the last four weeks in a row. Like we know that the Titans aren't going to fix these things. We know they don't have the players to fix these well, things. Well, we I don't know. I don't know. know. They don't have don't... the coaches to fix these things. Mike Vrabel did say this week that the we need to play better and we need to coach better. So, well, he's not wrong on either side there. I but, mean, um... yes, yes, he said that. He said that after a week. He said that this past week after week fifteen, and yeah, he he did say that after week fourteen, and oh, and he did say it after week thirteen. And oh, that's right. He said after week 12, too. So, yeah. <laughs> so every week this uh, of this losing streak, they've um, he said they've got to play better and coach better when they will start to play better and coach better. I guess time will tell. Time will tell. But, and you know um, what? There's no there's no time like the present. And thank God the Houston Texans are coming into town. Now, I said that same thing when the Jacks came in town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, right. By the way, this is, are this really, is a Texans uh, team. close the gap on the AFC South. I mean, the Titans we'll talk about the AFC South here in a second, but the Texans, I mean, it's the same game as it was the first time around. Only the Titans are more beat up and the Texans have found some rhythm on offense. Like Malik Willis is going to start again. Will he complete a pass in the second half? I'm not sure. I don't, there's no reason to believe that he will, or that Todd Downing will put him in a position to, I mean, the Texans are dangerous at this point in the season. They've got nothing to lose. They've been knocking on the door. They, they almost beat the Cowboys. Uh, just that they gave the Chiefs a hell of a game. The Texans are 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 trappy. This is a, this is a, this is a trap. Te- this is a trap game. Oh, it, but, I know. I mean, I mean, Titans, this is this is here's, like here's the thing though. The Titans can afford to lose their next two games, 
If they lose their next two games, nothing matters because you got the Jags in Week 18. You have the Jags in Week 18. You you win that game, you go to the playoffs. No matter if the Jags win their next two and the Titans lose their next two, based on divisional record, the Titans will move on to the playoffs. They can finish the season eight and nine and win the division as long as that eighth win comes against the Jaguars. So the Titans need to rest their guys, not not like fully rest everybody because you can still win these next two and wrap up the division if the Jags falter. They've got the Jets on the road on Thursday, and then they play the Texans on the road. So maybe the Texans can help out the Titans as long as the Titans can get by the Texans. But Titans lose their next two, Jags win their next two, doesn't matter. Comes down to Week 18. So Ryan Tannehill, whose status is in question for Sunday, I say sit him. I say sit him. I say let him get healthy. He's been playing on one bad ankle for half the season and two bad ankles for the last month of the season. The guy needs to get to get right. Mobility is crucial for Ryan Tannehill. It's it's gotten to the point where these guys dealing with soft tissue injuries. Just take another week. David Long, come back when you're ready off IR. I mean, seriously, Christian Fulton's down. I mean, the seven starters on defense are missing. It's Traylon Burks. Hopefully, is coming back from from his concussion. But do you want to play him against the Texans, or do you want to hold I, him until maybe the game before they I, go to Jacksonville to see, get everyone I, firing on the same? You know, to me, I even like like well together. The fact that we're even at this point. The fact that we're even at this. But this is uh, where we oh, are. We have to talk about. I, I know. I know. Are. I know. But I to me, it's it, it. It's like, oh, do we rest the players for the jack? Like that. That to me, it like all of it. All of it is just a loser's mentality. And I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Jack, you have a loser's mentality. I'm saying this team has put us in a spot where we are now actually having these conversations. It is. It, luckily, the the Jags and Jets play on Thursday night. So, you know, ahead of time, I say if the Jaguars lose that game, no, you, I think you play all your starters. I think you try 100%. and seal, you, look, you seal up the division before that week 18 game. And that's the okay? advantage of having the Jags play on Thursday, because if they win, then I mean, the game's insignificant really, because you know, you right. win or lose, you still got to win your last two. You still got to beat the Jags to get the division. So if they lose though, you got to beat the Texans all hands on deck to beat the Texans. Because who knows what happens next week when when Jacksonville travels to te- to Houston to play the Texans? It, also, can happen in this league. Should we? I mean, at what point? You know, all all season it's been fire Todd Downing, fire Todd Downing. Uh, it's been you know uh, fire, you know cut cut Dennis Daly. It's you know we've we've had our our scapegoats for this this team. You know, every week there's a new there's a new main character on Titans Twitter and you do not want to be it. OK, how many times this year have we said that? At what point does the main character become? Like the strength and conditioning staff, the 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 training staff for this. Well, it's team. certainly it's certainly got to be up there. Because this is I, now look, injuries are second or fluke. Are fluke deals in the injury first injuries are fluke fluke deals. But now but, this is this is now the second year in a row where the Titans have led the NFL a year after they not just beat an NFL record, they obliterated an NFL record. By week 12, they had the record broken last season of the most players played based off of, uh, like, due to injury. They're now leading again. They they were number two for a long part of the season. They've now taken the lead in that department again. They've got oh, They've played over 80 guys this season. Because of injuries. That's not normal. For two years in a row? Like, yeah, it's fluky. But guys, and we saw just on Sunday, seven 
I think it was seven, maybe eight guys went down with injury just on Sunday alone. That's not normal. So at what point do we start like, hey, what's going on? And and forgive me because I, I wanted to credit this person, but I, I did see someone kind of give a really take. It may have been Easton Freeze with Broadway Sports. I'm not sure. Uh, but but someone made a really good point of, you know, the Titans were the second least uh, the second worst team uh, when being uh, reliant on analytics. Titans are very they're very they're not friendly to analytics. They don't use analytics quite the way. I, I mean, you just saw you you went up against uh, well, uh, well, with, he, I think Brandon, saying, Brandon Staley, who's like the, the number one, like analytics but, but I think, guy. I think he's saying they're not friendly to analytics because like in DVOA and expect yes. yards, right, right. Play, like they, right. they rank low. It's not like they don't use analytics. They just, well, right. Their performance doesn't reflect well in the analytics department because well, no, 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 they're, no, they're no, but they, they, they don't rely on analytics as, as much as other NFL well, I, I think franchises do. do. I, I think that stretch, that's his whole, his whole job. John Stryker, his whole his entire job revolves around, you know, you know, making the right decision per the circumstance. So yeah. having the data in front of you, knowing when to go for it, when to kick it, when to go for two, when to call a timeout, game management stuff and decision making like that falls on John Stryker. So I do think they have a guy to make these decisions. It's not like Nathaniel Hackett, where he was just shitting the bed so badly early in the season. He had to go out and find the last guy to retire as a special teams coach and bring him in just to really tell him what to do in, in you know in these big decisions, these big moments. Like the Titans do use analytics. Well, yeah, well, yes, every t- every team uses analytics, but they don't use them quite to the extent that other NFL franchises do. But the point he was trying to make was if if they're if they rank that low in the in the in their usage of analytics, how do we know that they they they're not kind of old school in a lot of other ways? When it comes to the terms of their strength and conditioning and, like, and the terms you, of their, I, I don't know. I, I mean, do like it's, it's all who uses analytics more. I, I just don't think that this stat is being like, uh, I, I don't know that this stat ha- carries much water here because like, how can you tell? Who I mean, we, uses we, we all knew we all, John Robinson, John Robinson said it as much in, in his evaluation of players. He goes, I, I, I view the tape more. I, I judge by my eyes more than I judge. Sure. But my thing is like, how do you, analytics how do you put and that numbers. into a stat? How do you put that into a number on usage of analytics? It's impossible. I well, think what I, the stat is saying is that the Titans don't reflect well because they're not efficient on offense or efficient on defense. They're low. Okay. In well, you're, 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 you're getting, you're getting hung up on the wrong part of, of the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is if they're old school in some areas of of the way they run their football program compared to the other 31 NFL teams in the NFL, then how do we like how do we know that they're not they're not doing the same thing in terms of of keeping their guys healthy? This is now two years in a row. It's inexcusable. It it is literally hindering their football team. The yeah. fact that you have to put freaking Dennis Daly out there every every single week. The fact that you have to, you know, you have to freaking um, you know, Danico Autry's been out for most of the year. Uh Elijah Molden's been out just about the entire year with that groin. I Traylon mean, Burks, I mean, like, yeah, he took a monster hit. Like that things like that happen. But remember before the monster hit? Yeah, it was turf toe and then it was like, you know, the asthma stuff. I, Traylon Burks is kind of the exception to this rule, even though he hasn't been available as much as Titans fans would like him to. But it's more of like the Christian Fulton who goes out with the groin injury. And, you know, it's it's the calves, the hamstrings, the groins. It's I mean, those soft Mason tissue. Kinsey was Mason Kinsey was fielding punts this year. 
Like yeah, that, last that was a on Sunday. On Sunday. <laughs> it really was, man. It really was. I like Mason Kinsey. Obviously, he's an uncle on this podcast. Uh, man, but he he loves to fair catch. He'll wait for the fair catch. And when he does that, you better bet he's going after that football. That one that he almost muffed at the 20 yard line, sprinting up out of nowhere. Just let it bounce. Mason, I, I know you want to help the team and fielding punts properly is really your only way to contribute because they're not going to roll you out there on offense. But man, that was that was a little dicey. I just I you know, it's like I just watch the Super Bowl every year and I'm like, what does it take to get to the Super Bowl? And you know what's funny is like I never see uh, a team in the Super Bowl or even like the AFC NFC championship games with guys like Mason Kinsey fielding punts. <laughs> like it's just like the, well, this, the Patriots this team made, made a habit out of it. This roster is paper thin and it is I, I like that. And that's why I've like gone back to like my nihilistic ways. Like, I'm just like, what's the point? You know? Oh, they, oh, they make the playoffs. It's just an 18th week of this season. That's well, all it is. We're gonna because the season's ending. The season's ending just another week after that. And if you want to say, oh, dude, you're being so pessimistic. You're a crappy fan. Maybe I am. You know what? But you are being a I've crappy got, fan. I mean, you know what? I've got 14 weeks. Okay. To discredit any theory you want to, to show me. Anything you want to to show me of like why this team maybe could win a playoff game, I've got 14 weeks to show you otherwise. Yeah, obviously, like it's it's like not, it's not like a crazy take to say that the Titans are headed in the wrong direction and that they probably won't win their playoff game. But I mean, we've got to dive a little deeper than that. We can't just be like, oh, you know, it's the same thing every week. And you know, I put, but like, gonna, but like that's the thing. That's the, the thing. We're gonna hammer home the, the offense. It's like, the it, same we, thing every week. They're that. not. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything to change. What is happening? Like they're not. But that conversation not, is stale at this point. Like we, we gotta, it is stale. We it's making me forward. crazy. It is literally making me crazy that this every week you and I come on here and we say the same things over and over. How are they not doing the same thing within St. Thomas Sports Park building or whatever the hell it's called? What is it? Is it even still called St. Thomas Sports Park? I think it is. I don't even care. They, who cares what the no, hell it's no, called? No. It should be called the freaking. Dungeon of of dis despair. That's what it should be called. I I'm just I like I the fact that you and I are getting so annoyed with having the same conversation every single week, and they're not like they're not just like, hey guys, we got to play better, we got to coach better. We're gonna get okay, to, then, we're, we're gonna get to some positivity. We're gonna do a Christmas wish list on the backside of Droop in it. We've been negative the entire first half. We're gonna change that around. We have to. I know you guys are tired of listening to us whine and complain. So we're gonna. I get don't. I don't have fun. I don't have fun watching this year's Titans team. I there. I said it. I don't have fun watching them. They no, make I don't me think angry. Anybody is right now. But I mean, we, I like. I, even even when they were like winning, I still wasn't like having a ton of fun because every game they were winning ugly. It was. It's not pretty. It's beautiful. Uh, like it's, I, it's just the way it is, though. I mean, we we can't we can't. No, it's the way it is right now. It's it's the way it is. You got to take it with a grain of salt and move on and. You know, there, there are ways that this team can fix things, and getting healthy is the first step. Um, let's go ahead and get to Drew Bennett because we can't keep ranting about the negative. I mean, well, we, our listeners have heard it for a month. Uh, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw out one positive before we get to Drew Bennett. I'm going to throw out one positive before we get to Drew Bennett. Titans may not have, have not have won since October. But if you're looking for winners... If you're looking for a Titans win somehow, we got you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking at the Nashville best sports, Nashville sports <laughs> podcast. Oh, thank you. Folks, folks, we did it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got it. We did it. It's all thank you to you and your voting. We appreciate you. Uh, so bros network has voted, uh, or, or has, has deemed us the best Nashville sports podcast beating out, uh, the, those F words, idiots beating out, uh, Braden gall and his lame stream, uh, sports media or whatever it's called. Uh, the, we, look, we did it guys. We did it. Okay. Look, we don't, we don't, we don't care about the other podcasts we beat because we're on top. You know, that's how it works. Last year, we weren't even in a category. They created a category for us and we won that this year. We and actually got into a category. And of course we won that too. It's all we do is win. 200 and something votes, low 200s came through Sobros Network. We commanded 63.6% of that Let's vote. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Toppers. So, Toppers, you guys freaking rock. Seriously, like we have never, Jack and I have never once put out a call to you Tuppers to, and and you have not come through. I like, And I'm still seeing tweets. I saw tweets on Sunday uh, asking Jared Stillman. Jared Stillman's like, this team is not... You know, my, my take on this Titans team is blah, 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 blah. And someone was like, yeah, but what's your dad's take about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it was, I mean, this is, this is a tough thing to do. Like we, we weren't even nominated last year. We scratched and clawed for the best podcast to not be nominated. We won that award. We come back this year and win the actual award. So thank you to everyone who voted. I know there were quite a lot of you that did it. I mean, 130 something votes. Uh, it takes a village. You guys are the best village ever. And uh, we're proud uh, to uh, kind of be your village idiots to get you through this Titan season. Even when we're when we're negative, you got to bear with us because the Titans have have really made us that way. But there is positives. Um, the the one being that we won this award and the Christmas list. We got a Christmas wish list on the backside here. But thank you to everyone who voted. Seriously, you guys are amazing. We love each and every one of you. And we couldn't do this thing without you guys hanging out with us every week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 4.5 of this award will go to us. 0.5 of it will go to Bucks because we share a podcast feed with him. But thank you guys. Seriously, we honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, we really do appreciate you guys. And I hope you know how much we appreciate you. I hope you you recognize that we know that this podcast is nothing without you guys and your interaction. And obviously, like every every so title is named from you guys. So thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for helping us get to a thousand followers on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, we we got to a thousand by draft night. Now we got to get to a thousand on Inst. I mean on Twitter by draft night at Tighten Up Pod on there. Um, but thank you guys. You you really are the best. Now let's get to one of our favorite uncles, Drew Bennett. But before we do, let's get a word from our friends at Bet MGM. Guys, if you haven't already done it, download the BetMGM app. If you're tired of your old sports book or you want to get in the sports betting game, BetMGM is the perfect place to start. Download BetMGM and new users, you can plug in our code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports for a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. If you lose it, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll be able to start with however much money you want to deposit. If you win it, that's extra money on top of what you deposited, setting you up for success and setting you up for a big cash out down the road. But you've got to use that free play on pro football. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Reward issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789.
And I'll get the girl back. All right, fellas, uh, if your wives are listening to this podcast, you might want to tell them to skip this part because uh, we're joined by one of our favorite uncles. Uh, he's number 83 in your playbooks, but number one in your wives and girlfriends' hearts. Uh, probably the best looking Titan to ever live. And <laughs> and a wide receiver so good. My gosh, we would the things we would do to get him on this year's roster. <laughs> like I would, I would literally kill a man. I would kill a man to get Drew Bennett, Andrew Russell Bennett onto this Titans roster. Drew, how are you, man? Good. I mean, they're getting desperate, right? If they need a hitch route, I'm in. Want a game? You know, really? Oh, yeah. Don't say that because we will. We you don't understand how desperate we are right now. We are. Oh, I see it. We're, I know. I know. we're in a dark place, Drew. And Drew it is Drew bad. Always did, Drew always did his best work in when the fantasy playoffs rolled around too. That 04 season, I remember you told us about that. Um, you got some, you got some nice, nice letters, nice mail about your performance late in that 04 season. Absolutely. I would kill for down the stretch 04 Drew Bennett right now. I'm oh, with man, that would be. And then the, uh, and then I got the ten dollar check too because I got one hundred dollars in fantasy and he did forty one on Monday night. So you know that was a yeah. great, <laughs> that's that a good cool. run. And people forget, you know, like the, the way they love to bring up the fact that, you know, Ryan Tannehill used to be a wide receiver in college. Drew Bennett used to be a quarterback in college. So, you know, if Tannehill got, goes into, you know, hurts his ankle, has to peek out the window of that blue tent again. Drew Bennett <laughs> is right there, right there. He could fill in. Right. right. I used to do pregame warmups as the third QB. So I know <laughs> I know the whole system. I got it. Wait, I, were you the, were you were the team's emergency quarterback back in the day, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the way I'm, I think it still works the same, right. Is the third QB is usually inactive. And if he yeah. comes in, then the other two guys can't play. So mine was only if, you know, one of the guys gets hurt and then the other guy gets dinged and they need somebody to take, you know, that was the idea is we only need you to hand it off to Eddie George once. Don't mess it up. And <laughs> we'll get, did you ever get, how, yeah, yeah. How close did you ever get? Never. I mean, honestly, the, you know, I think a couple of times McNair went out and the backup came in, but there was never a, uh, never a close call where I remember going, Oh damn, I might have to play some quarterback. But <laughs> we, in college one time, like it was the USC game, the end of my rookie, my freshman year. And I was red shirting. I had not played a snap all season. And it was like the third quarter of the USC game and Kate McNown got hit and hurt. And he comes limping over to the sideline. I literally took his helmet, handed it back to him. I'm like, dude, I'm not missing. Because it was way more stringent, right, on, like, getting that approval for the red shirt. I'm like, hey, man, look, I am not losing a season for two snaps. Like, you have to shake this off. Go back in. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Drew, I guess with your experience playing quarterback, you and obviously your time in the NFL, you know, you know what it takes to memorize a system front and back. You know – what it's like, I guess, from a quarterback standpoint as well, uh, as well as a wide receiver. But the Titans are at a crossroads right now with their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. And a lot of people have been calling for his job throughout the season. I'm not going to say that Austin and I are exempt from that list of people. But <laughs> I want to know, have you ever been on a team where you switched play callers in the middle of the season? Yes. And, and and what impact did that have on the offense? Did it hurt the offense? Did it help the offense? Was, did you have to totally start from scratch? 
Can you kind of explain that side of things to us? Yeah, I mean, there's never a time when it's a switch when anything's going okay, right? Because I mean, honestly, even there, there's no one's going to break the continuity and the consistency of the system and the process and the you know how it's being fed on the sideline into the QB unless something's really going wrong, right? So my only time was in St. Louis when Scott Linehan, who was the OC in Dallas before he got the head job, he came and I think he was a little bit overwhelmed with what it really entailed being, you know, cause he wanted to call the plays. That's what he'd been doing in Dallas and had some success there. Obviously that's why he got the job, but I think the totality of the job with all the other responsibilities and the wear and tear on him, managing a franchise and not just calling plays and running an offense started to show. And uh, you know, there just wasn't the creativity that I'd been accustomed to with the Heimerdingers of the world and, you know, how many different plays we were putting in every week. And so I think that they just recognized that he was a little overwhelmed. So they switched up the play callers and Greg Olson, who was the OC there, uh, took over the play calling and, you know, not a lot changed and we didn't really get any better. So I don't remember it as some, you know, monumental shift or something like that. I mean, the the tough part is to implement kind of a new system in the middle of the season is almost impossible, right? You, you maybe somebody comes in that has some more ideas and they can add you know, 15 to 20 plays a week max that are new, you know, like you have your core when training camp starts, you go through the whole basic playbook, right? You do your 85 plays and you kind of put, you know, five in the first practice, five more, the second practice, and you go through training camp and you get up to your 85, 90 plays is kind of your core offense. And then each week there's like 50, right? And so you kind of have your 50 that are, you know, game plan for that just because of tape or whatever. And then the really good OCs that I played for and Heimerdinger, Heimerdinger being, you know, one of the best in, in the early 2000s in Tennessee, we would have probably five plays added that they went back and watched the tape and saw other plays that worked against the defense that were not in our playbook. And we just named them and called them something and put them in. And then he would rotate away, shift, and we'd have kind of a new core 20 plays, you know, all in our book, but 20 plays that he thought was good against that team and that didn't, that we hadn't shown in a couple of weeks, right? So that we were hard to plan for. And that's where I think, I wonder, and I, you know, I, I don't get to see the game tape of every play for Todd Downing and, which by the way, he was an offensive uh, quality control guy in St. Louis when I was there. Really? So he's been around. Yeah. Like I, I'm a fan. I want him to do well. And I totally understand the, you know, the calling for his job and this and that, you know, watching the team, but I do, I do want him to be successful because he was a great, he is a great dude. Um, yeah. but well, we all, said, we all want him to be successful. It doesn't everybody. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this is a very long answer, but what I was trying to say is that the same kind of thing happened to Norm Chow when he came into the Titans. Whereas I think, that the most underrated part of the job is actually in the dissecting the defense and, and being able to put 20 or 30 plays in new plays every week, whether it's a core play you haven't used in a long time, or it's a you know new play that you watched on another team that had success from the past five or six weeks and putting that in, the ability to implement those and to be, you know, have that much diversity between your last game and the next one. And then being able, like Heimerninger really cared. He was very specific about not having any trends, which that's not the case with the Titans right now. Because if it's third and one, you should run, you know, Henry. Like that's, I guess what I bet on third and one, they're probably 90% run. And defenses are good. This is an unbelievable league of athletes and coaches that are on the other side. It's hard when you get predictable and it's hard when you get single, you know, kind of like, you know, only one facet is, is really how you, you know. And so that's my, the best success we're always, I felt like we were keeping defenses on their toes and we were, you know, doing these motions and these sets 
probably run out there and be like, wow, I am really open. Like this is, you know, and I don't see a lot of that right now for the Titans. So I, I do think that a year of offseason and reflection is is huge because I know Norm Chow got a lot better from year one to year two and learning and talking to people about, hey, what was it that I missed here coming from college? Well, you had to, you have a lot more to add to your game plan than you did coming in from college for the NFL. And I'm, I'm wondering if that same thing would, you know, if he gets the chance, what would happen for him? Do you remember what point in the season when you were in St. Louis, they decided to make that change in play callers? Yeah, well, it's, we were 0-8. 0-8, so. okay, so that's probably a good time to make a switch. Um, <laughs> would you Obviously, Mike Rabel's come out and he said, you know, there's going to be no changes to the coaching staff. At this point in the season, it makes no sense to do it. It's too late. You've kind of, you, you kind of, you know, passed that road. But yep. is, is there a point, I guess, how late is too late to make that switch? This is too far. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need you need time for that new person to, you know, get a few games under their belt, to get their system, you know, exactly, to kind of slowly over two or three weeks, if they are going to make play changes to implement that over two or three weeks. So at this point, you know, disrupting, and it's always, it's always playoff bound, right? That's all that matters, right? If you can somehow, that's the way that every team's always felt ever is, I don't care if we're like the Tampa Bay Bucks and we're five and nine, if we can sneak into the playoffs, anyone has a chance to win this. So the less, again, back to the continuity thing, even if it's not the best thing, you know, at week seven, it's definitely the best thing at week, you know, 14 or whatever it is to, to make sure that you maintain that continuity and that the guys that haven't had a lot of reps, especially with the Titans, you know, it's one thing if you're all of your starters there and you're comfortable, you know, the new guys stepping in and adding a bunch of plays or a change of vibe, but everyone's cohesive and good. Like when you have this many guys hurt, you're just adding another difficulty, you know, within a, you know, especially short weeks and things like that to, to get guys all on the same page. What if it's, what if it's not like uh like firing a guy? What if it's just like handing the play calling sheet to another guy, a different guy, that way it's like you're not implementing like a whole new like scheme or or you know like all the verbiage and all of the play calls are are still the same it's just someone who is i don't know more competent is yeah. is no, making the play calls i think that's absolutely and that's what happened in St. Louis was they just sometimes a different set of eyes and a different feel for the game and a different like cuz that is very underrated right that is to have a guy like Andy Reid right i think is the best of all of the play callers out there not just by how inventive his plays look, but when he takes shots downfield and when he throws it on third and one and when he runs a trick play, right? It, he always seems to have such a good finger on the pulse of the feel of the game. And so, yeah, you could have a pretty decent you know, playbook. And if you're not implementing it correctly and you're not you know, taking advantage and, and understanding what they're trying to do on defense on certain downs and distances, it is sometimes good to get a different set of eyes on that and someone that has a little different pulse on the game. And I think that sometimes is, is great, right. To kind of change the trend, especially when you have a team like the Titans that are, you know, definitely run heavy first. And looking ahead in this season, which I know it's, you you never want to do. And as a player, you especially never want to do, but the Titans are able to lose these next two games and still in week 18, if they can pull out a win against Jacksonville, they'll make it, they'll, they'll walk into the playoffs. Have, do, you, do you remember what it's like to kind of have that game on the horizon that, you, you know, you must win to get in Ver, with the time in between? How important is it to get rest versus to regain confidence and get back in the winning column? Because, you know, I know that Mike Vrabel, he's not going to want to lose. They're not going to want to snap this sixth straight season, uh, potentially seventh straight straight season of, you know, with a winning record. 
um, by kind of just sleepwalking through these last two weeks and getting to Jacksonville and worrying about getting into the playoffs that week. But when it comes to having a target game on your schedule or a win and end game on your schedule, that's not this week. How do players handle that? Do they, are they kind of, you know, aware that, okay, this week, you know, we don't really need this one as long as we get the next one. How does that go on in the locker room? You know, I think that that by itself, like dictates what kind of locker room you have, if you actually have, cause you know, the, I think that like momentum and confidence is also incredibly underrated. Well, confidence is obvious to everybody, but like momentum and knowing you're in like when McNair was, you know, in his MVP year, we had a lot of close games. We had a lot of two minute drives that won the game. We had a lot of competitive towards the end games. And we got to this point as a team where everyone expected to win, right? It didn't matter the situation. It did as long as we were in the game near the end and we had McNair and like, there was a point, I remember it was like New York or something where we get in the huddle and we're down, you know, five with a minute 40 left. And there was really like, no, like nobody was, there was no expectation other than like, let's be methodical and go win this. And like, nobody was like, yeah, come on. It was just like, here we go. We're going to, and we did, we marched right down the field. And I, I think that it's so important to build that before you hit the playoffs and before you get to that game, because there is something so powerful about guys feeling that way at the end and, and getting over that hump, especially the way they lost some of their last few games. I know some were blowouts, but you know, the chargers type thing, it's like, you need to get used to that feeling of winning those games and being in that situation and, and getting that momentum way more, I think, than you need to sit for, you know, for, it's for two weeks. And I've, and I've always been of the camp that you should play. Like, I don't remember when Indy was 16 and 0 and they sat there, or was it 15 and 0 and they sat there guys for the last regular season game. And I was like, no, I can't. Why you, you are rolling. You have a system. You, you don't have any taste in your mouth. Of, and they lose that last game and lose second round of the playoffs to what Patriots, whatever, but that I, and that's what I was saying the locker room, Usually those guys dictate that. Like, you know, you're on a good team when you don't hear any of that in the locker room. And there aren't guys coming over to your locker like, man, they better not make us play a lot of the, you know, the next two games because none of them matter, right? When you have a good locker room, you don't hear a thing like that. Guys prepare exactly the same. Guys talk about getting back in the winning column and getting that feeling. And that, that you know, I could, I could tell you by just, you know, what if, if I could be a fly on the wall and see what was going on in the locker room, what kind of core group that is. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I I think that's if anything, it's right now they just have to stop the bleeding, and I feel like you've got to do that at some point. Like it when when you're on a losing streak as long as like four, let's just say four games a month. You know? <laughs> that's yeah, a long time. That is a long ass time. It's uh, a long what? crummy feeling in the locker room for a long time, and that carries over to the next week, obviously. So you don't want that. So like. I mean, I assume like within a locker room like that, because you've been a part, obviously you were a part of an eight game losing streak in St. Louis, but like, like there's gotta be like part of you, like the Titans, we know the Titans are better than what they're, they're showing us. At least we like to think that they are. Um, we know that they're coached better and, um, and that the the results on the field really aren't dictating like, I don't know, the core of this team. Do you like when you're in one of these slides, is it just like what's going through your head? Are you just like, we got to do whatever it takes to to get a W in the next week? Yeah, you know, and it's it's I mean, you know, this is the cheesy line, but it's such a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL, right? It's a few mistakes, right. it's a few missed, and the good teams that I were on, you know, was on, we you know, we'd lose two games, 
and there'd be a real chippiness in the locker room and guys would be getting angry at other guys on the team for not putting in a little bit like, you know, Keith Bullock used to be a guy that if we had a, a bad loss or, you know, two games in a row, he would call and like Van and Bosch, and those guys would call extra that week. The next week, he would call all the defensive players into after the, everyone was supposed to leave at 530. He would they would do dinner and they would do an extra hour and a half sitting in there. And he'd be calling guys out being like, what do we do here? You know, making sure like we're not going to lose this game because we make another mistake. Right. If we do, it's going to be because they're better than us. And then in St. Louis, I was on a team with a lot of really bad locker room guys. And it was oh man, this isn't my fault. You know, like, oh, I'm not going to watch any extra tape. We suck, you know, and it's, it's very definitive in, in those two situations. And I do believe that Vrabel and, you know, Robinson before he, he left, like they put together a core group of guys that, you know, are of the first, you know, type of, of character and type of team that they just need to get over that hump one time and feel that good in the locker room the next week and, and know that a little bit of extra work went that extra mile and kind of put, you know, Get, get that momentum again that I keep talking about. You played with Steve McNair. You just mentioned it, uh, that Giants game where he was really banged up and, you know, you kind of rolled out there with a minute to go and expected that, that he would pull off, you know, this incredible comeback win while injured. Well, Ryan Tannehill's found himself in a similar situation lately. I don't want to compare the two players, but Ryan Tannehill's playing on two bad ankles. We saw him leave the game and come back in on Sunday. Clearly wasn't himself. Clearly can't move like he used to. Um, playing with these two bad ankles and you know he's got an offensive line that wants him dead in front of him do, do the skill players or the receivers or the running backs does it, even the offensive line do they talk about that like you know were you guys like McNair's banged up we got to pick him up this week or you know do you guys I guess kind of just keep that in mind as the game moves on or, or do you is that something you actually talk about knowing oh, the quarterback's sure. injured for sure you know we had weeks where the you know even the offensive coordinator would come into our meeting room and be like guys we need some extra run after catch. We need you to come up with, you know, tough catches because we got a guy back there that is about 60%, right? So we can't expect everything to be right on spot. We have to make sure that same thing, like you can, it's, it's more important not make a mistake here, not miss a block, not miss this timing thing this week than it is any other week, because we got to keep him clean. We got to make up for the, the lack of production. And man, it's, I've, I've been on the other side of it too, where you're not playing at hundred percent. And I think that's probably the most, the hardest grind on any professional, right? I mean, everyone hates being out and being IR'd and the snap. There's no, there's not a lot of frustration there other than just being like, man, I can't believe I'm hurt. When you're not able to perform, like a guy like Tannehill, right? I know he'll push off for an out route and there's just not enough on it because his ankle hurts. That is like one of the more frustrating thing in all of sports, all the different sports that I've played, not being able to be like that and to not like have that extra, whatever it is for a receiver. Like that's, that's one of the harder parts of being a professional is, is continuing to prepare and play and expect all of those things, knowing that it's just not going to be there for you. They didn't have medical tents when you would get hurt when you played, did they? No, that's such a weird thing. It's like, what changed yeah. now? Like, because they know that they're looking at your knee. They got to, back when I played, like, oh, they had such an advantage. Wow. <laughs> he must have hurt his knee. Like, what? <laughs> it's just. Yeah, I, I always just assumed that it was like, you know, I played a lot of NFL Blitz growing up and uh, I used <laughs> just assume. Like it was uh, guys just like, they're just injecting shots. Like, and they don't want people to like <laughs> every the injury. Room. They're just, That's not it's just a, That's just in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Just a giant cortisone shot. And now like, they don't have to take you all the way back to the locker room. They could just do it with this tent around. Maybe that's what it is. That could be it. So do you wish there was tents when you got hurt back in the day? Sometimes like I took one off the, uh, the man parts real bad uh, in a, in a game. And that's a hard one to sit on the sideline and have, uh, you know, the doctors check out if there's a tent would have been really nice at that point. Yeah. 
Now, would you have found yourself being like Tannehill and being like, well, I still want to watch the game. And so you're like peeking out the window. <laughs> of course. You always want to know what's going on. So I'm like, that's totally true. Okay. Yeah. It's a very weird new, uh, new part of the game. Yeah. Before you came on, we were talking about Christmas, uh, you know, our Christmas wish list. And, and if we had Titan Santa to come drop us one present mm-hmm. on Christmas, which one would we take? You know, I said, uh, a, you know, a kicker that can hit from 50 or maybe a windowless medical tent. So Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to watch the embarrassment. <laughs> right. He's already got a bad ankle. We don't want him standing up on it, you know. So if you were Titan Santa and you could deliver one Christmas present down the chimney of the Titans facility. What do, you think they, what do you think they need most? Drop off Tyree Kill. <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even finish the question. No. He's just, oh, yeah, give just it to like, me. You watch what a guy, you know, and I, I've always known like there's guys that can blow the top off the coverage and one receiver, but I mean, you look at Miami from one year to the next with him, like it, it has changed everything about the confidence of the offense, about the ability to like what plays they can run and how like I, that would, I would, that would be an unbelievable compliment for a, you know, a situation where they are, we have to have a lot of guys in the box for their run game. Like that would be, that would be difficult. Is he the and best guy just, in the league? Would, would you say Justin Jefferson gets a lot of love? Devonta Adams gets a lot of love. Is Tyree Kill in your in your mind the best receiver in football? Yeah, I think so. I would take him. Um, and I, like I don't think you're going to make a mistake with the Jefferson and the, but mm-hmm. yeah, just like you know, handing him the ball is a little different than handing it to Jefferson. And he really is, I think, even that much more dangerous after the catch that you know Jefferson makes some great plays and everything like that, but. There's just something special about the way he comes out of breaks and how explosive he is. Is it just that simple of just having a guy that can take the top off of a defense? Because right now, and that was kind of like my whole thing, like when Odell Beckham was like becoming available, you know, I I really wanted the Titans to, you know, do a very non-Titan thing and sign him. <laughs> I which I guess they technically still can. Uh I is it just that simple of like just having a guy being able to that that has that explosiveness? Just that the threat of having that on your side of the ball can just open up an offense so much. Absolutely. You know, and there's, there's only a few guys that really have that kind of threat, right? There's plenty of guys that, that are four, four guys that are fast. You watch them. You're like, Oh, this guy's going to be great, but they're not the threat that those, a few elite guys are right. The Calvin Johnson's back in the day, the, you know, the Tyree kill, you know, Jefferson is, you know, up is up there similar and a guy that anytime you're rolling the defense one way, or you're coming in as a defensive coordinator going, you know, the first thing we don't have to do is stop the run. Cause that's like 99. Every 9% of every game plan for every defensive coordinator when they come into the room, they're like, okay, first thing we need to do is stop the run. When you're saying we got to control X on the outside, that's a big deal. And that opens up so much, it puts so much pressure on the defense and the pass rush and everything like that. So yes, it's, some of those guys are that are that important. You mentioned that you played for Todd Downing. He was offensive quality control coach. Uh, I guess not played for him, but you know he was a coach on your staff. Do you have any memories? Does does anything stick out from your time with Todd Downing? Do you have funny stories? Maybe something weird that happened at lunch one day. Did, did yeah. any stories come to mind about Downing? Did did he maybe bump his head really bad and kind of alter? His- <laughs> he huffed a lot of paint. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> No, so you know, like I said, I think he's a great guy. Maybe that's the maybe that's the issue, right? Like I got plenty of stories about Heimerdinger being mean or crazy or doing something. Yeah, right, stuff, right. And I don't have anything about Downey like that. So maybe that's the he's too normal. Maybe that's yeah, right. Yeah, we need like yeah, because you've been on this podcast before and shared like nightmare stories of Heimerdinger, <laughs> you know, just being very aggressive and all of that. 
maybe yeah. it's the fact that you don't have a downing story yeah, is our like problem. All nice, like, you know, good conversations and friendly, you know, mojo. It's like, hey, I don't know if you're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, he is Drew Bennett. Drew, honestly, it, it, I, I almost, for a second there, I almost forgot that this team has lost four games in a row because you bring so much joy to this podcast. So thank you for that. And uh, we hope you have a very wonderful Christmas and that you get everything that you asked for on your Titans Christmas wish list. Yeah, you guys too, man. I appreciate you having me on. I hope you feel better and Merry Christmas, boys. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Shout out Drew Bennett. Love us some uh, Drew Drew. And uh, Jack, you know, this is the sewed before Christmas. The new new sewed before Christmas. That is, uh, which means we should do something Christmas related. And to any of our uh, our Jewish listeners, happy Hanukkah. We appreciate you. Hope you're having a wonderful eight crazy nights. And I think um, today is the third candle. Third candle Tuesday is the third candle. I believe I'm right on that. Uh, yes, yeah, because it's technically starts Sunday night, um, at like sundown, I think. Yeah, I think I'm on top of this. No, all religions. Which mean well, which means by the time this drops Wednesday night, like Wednesday will be it'll be the fourth candle. So happy, ha- happy Hanukkah for those who said th- this is like weird. <laughs> Two guys <laughs> who literally know nothing about Judaism trying to. Uh, give uh, educate people on Hanukkah probably not for the past but uh, shout out uh, happy Hanukkah Kwanzaa whatever it it may be you celebrate around this time of year Um, but Jack and I we both celebrate Christmas and so we wanted to basically reveal our Christmas wish lists for the Tennessee Titans now will Santa Claus bring them to us probably not because we've both been pretty bad this year but you know, it's still worth asking. You know, you don't know if you don't ask, right? <laughs> exactly. We know that Todd Downing's been getting, you're going to get cold for Christmas, but I think we've got a shot, Austin. So we've got some stocking stuffers. We each brought a few to the table this week that uh, we're going to call upon old St. Nick to deliver because, you know, right now I need something to cheer me up. I need some Christmas, some Christmas spirit, some Christmas cheer. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this. Do you want to lead us off on our Christmas wish list? You know, why don't you go first if you're cool okay. with it? You go first. You're the youngest. You know, they, the fam- families usually let the youngest go go first because um, they're most giddy to open up their presents. But what do you got on your uh, on your Christmas wish list? Okay, so my first wish. New medical tents. I want windowless and fully padded medical tents. Really? Windowless because by watching the Titans performance through these medical tents, you can really start, you know, thinking dark thoughts. That's where the yeah. walls of the medical tents come into mm-hmm. play. So not only can you not look out at the terrible product on the field because the medical tent has no windows, but yeah, only also, inflicting more, only inflicting more pain on you. It's it's internal pain though. It's not it's it's not the it's not you know pain that you can feel. And even if you start getting depressed, or you know, Titans fans or I mean, Titans players seem to hurt themselves in the most mysterious of ways. So. That's where the padded walls also come into play. You can't re-injure yourself in the medical tent, and you also can't harm yourself while so, trying to watch Titans football through the medical tent. So you're saying like the new tents should not be just be a medical ward; they should be a psychiatric ward as well. Essentially, yes, a psychiatric okay. ward where where doctors come in and help 
you, you know, help your physical yeah. injuries. Not, not yeah, don't just don't just tape up his ankles, but put him in a straight jacket too. <laughs> hey, uh, Derek, we got to look at your ankle, but first here, uh, we're gonna need to cuff your arms yeah. to the side of the bed. Yeah, put put this <laughs> put this jacket. In. We're gonna give you a shot. Just uh, to hold still, okay? <laughs> I yeah, it it was worrying me on Sunday when I saw Ryan Tannehill peeking out that window because you had to know he had to stand up to be on that, and I'm like. Shouldn't you be off that ankle? Isn't that the, like, why are you standing right now, Ryan? Just sit down. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm for on my quish, Christmas wish list. You know, obviously I, uh, like I'm, I'm the older of us too, Jack. I'm like the, you know, I'm like the teenage son where it's like, you know, like I'm in high school now and it's like, you know, I got to ask for something cool. Uh, so I'm just going to straight up ask for cash. Okay. I just want oh. some cash this Christmas. And what, and what I mean by that, more cap space, please. This team has been in cap space hell for like three years, and I'm ready to get out of it. Okay. The the here in Chicago, the Bears are getting ready to have the most money coming off their books for free agency, and they're going to spend, spend, spend. I freaking want that. I want that for the Titans. I want them to just be able to go into free agency like supermarket sweep. Just Pulling things off the shelves, just grabbing offensive linemen galore. I want depth on this roster again, and I know that only comes with cap space. Okay, so just give me some cash. That's a good wish. The Titans don't have a lot of it, but the thing, the difference between the Titans and the Bears is the Titans have players that are good that they actually have to pay. The Bears have um, probably one of the youngest rosters in the NFL, and really no established veterans anymore, especially after they traded away Roquan yeah. Smith and uh Yeah, they're they're Robert they're still King. like paying guys like Khalil Mack right now. And it's like <laughs> like it's bad. But but they all come off the books this year. So all right, my next one, I want a kicker that can hit from 50 plus. Ooh. Do you know how many 50 plus yard field goals the Titans have hit since Randy Bullock has been with the team? Ooh, oh gosh. Is this going to depress me? How many? They've only made one 50-yard field goal and beyond since Randy Bullock's been with the Titans. And they've only attempted three. They don't even go, they don't even roll out Randy Bullock to kick these long field goals. They don't have a guy on their roster who can who can convert three points from deep in their deep in opponents' territory. And look, guys who can consistently hit from 50 plus yards don't grow on trees. You've got Justin Tucker, you've got Brett Maher for the Dallas Cowboys. There's a handful of others. Cade York can hit uh, from that far, as Florida fans know, for, for the Cleveland Browns, but he's not consistent, or at least hasn't been in his rookie season. These guys don't grow on trees, but there are teams that at least have, you know, Evan McPherson for the Bengals is a great example, who did it against the Titans countless times. Find a kicker who can hit from that deep. You've got to be able to put points, especially in this offense, where points are so hard to come by. Have that weapon that can get you, th- that can turn something out of nothing that can put three points on the board instead of a Ryan Stonehouse punt that trickles into the end zone for a touchback. He, I mean, look in Randy Bullock's defense, kicking in LA can never be easy. Cause I swear I, he had to have been just distracted right when you fly into LA LAX right there on the corner is um, Randy's donuts, oh, that no. giant donut on the ceiling on the roof. You know, he was just like, thinking about that the whole that was game literally calling his name it had his name on it <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i don't i don't blame him for that but okay all right so a kicker that can hit from 50 
uh, consistently. I, which again, we, and you and I've had the kicker conversation a number of times, how every NFL team doesn't have a kicker who can just like that. Like all they do is make, it's just 32 roster spots, like 32 people on planet earth. I'm pretty sure you could find probably close to 60 people that can just kick the crap out of footballs. Like all of these young guys coming out of college, they've all got the leg for it. Find, find YouTube trick shot artists, like, and sign them to contracts. Like they're doing something like, yeah, the, the, I'm pretty sure that like all five or six of the dude, perfect guys could (laughs) nail field goals. Better than a lot of the kickers on NFL. I love Randy today. Bullock. It's no, Randy's been great. Randy's been wrong. great. And Randy, look, Randy has been consistent. He's been like Harrison Butker level of consistent for like the way Harrison Butker is for the Chiefs. Randy Bullock's been that for the Titans where he has been mostly consistent. Does he miss some every now and then? Sure. Yes. But that's better than where we were at with uh, uh, Stephen Goskowski. He yes. makes his layups. Randy Bullock yes. doesn't miss from inside inside forty, but once you get to that like forty five and beyond area, then it's yeah. Done. Then you're holding your breath a little bit, you know. Um, okay, next on my Christmas wish list, give me white helmets again, Ooh. Uh, and not I'm I'm not saying primarily because I do like the navy blue helmets at times. But I want some white helmets next year. The Titans are available to add a second helmet to their repertoire. Um, And I think the white helmet look, I miss it. And I think it would go so well with these uniforms, especially the stormtrooper look. Mm -hmm. You go white helmet, white shirt, white pants. And I know the Titans have played their worst games in the stormtrooper look this season (laughs) with, (laughs) with the bills and the Eagles games. In that white helmet, you put that white helmet on him. Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Look good, feel good, play good, right? Or, or you could at least look good in a loss, <laughs> or look good in the loss. Yeah, right. That's a great point because, like, you know what I'm tired of seeing? I'm so- tired of seeing highlights of this team losing wearing those like baby blue tops and the navy blue pants. Oh, I hate that look so much. I'm with you. I, I would love a white helmet. That would be nice to find in my stocking on Christmas morning. All right, my next one's a little weird. I want Charmin Ultra Soft Toilet Paper. Now, you may ask me, Jack, why are you asking for toilet paper for Christmas? Hey, Jack, why are you asking for toilet paper for Christmas? Well, I'll tell you. It's because it's the only soft tissue that the Titans can't tear. And it also helps clean up the crap in the trenches. So give me a a nice family-sized bundle of Charmin Ultra Soft Toilet Paper in my stocking on Christmas Day. (laughs) My hiney's clean. (laughs) <laughs> it's Charmin clean. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, how many soft tissues have the Titans torn in the last right. two seasons? We talked and, about it before Drew, but and God, we can use it. use the <laughs> and we can use that toilet paper to go roll Todd Downing's house after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, look, it's it's a multi-purpose gift, and yeah, you can uh, clean up the crap that Dennis Daly's leaving out on the field. Talk about skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh. Hang on one second. Uh, that's I okay. I I respect that, Jack. I I do. I think that's uh I think that's a good one, and um, just get some get some toilet paper. Uh, now obviously, like okay, my last thing on my list. I think I there was a lot of things I wanted to put on this list. Um, obviously, new offensive coordinator. Um, 
uh, a very competent uh, general manager, a new left tackle. But that's like that to me, I think is just the obvious, you know, like every year when I was growing up, I would always put like a PlayStation on my Christmas wish list, knowing that my parents weren't going to get me a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. But I still had to put it on there, right? Doesn't so it, like, like you can, said, it, you, you can't, it doesn't work if you don't ask for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, consider like the new offensive coordinator, new left tackle, uh, you know, a GM that like is really good. Uh, consider that like my, that's my your PlayStation. Right. But, the realistic thing on my wish list, and it's something I've talked about on this podcast before. I need new columns. I need columns on the new stadium. Okay. Just give me columns, please. Don't make the new stadium look like new Nashville. All right. I anyone who's grew up in Nashville hates the look of New Nashville. We want we want tradition. We want give me some brick like the Ryman. Give me some columns like the Parthenon. Make it feel like like, like, like your actual Titans, make it feel like, give it a little twist and it doesn't have to be all like, I'm not looking for the Parthenon look. Okay. You can modernize it. Sure. But give me some feel, some twist, something to make it feel like, oh, you're walking into Greece. Okay. You're walking in and you're playing actual Titans, like something that like intimidates opposing fans when they walk into it, you know, like. And I, I mean, this is a bad example, but like Soldier Field, okay? They've got the columns on the outside, and it's like, oh, man, like if the Bears were good, that stadium would be intimidating as hell because you you know just like it's got tradition. It's got – it's got ah, it's got yeah, the, the uh, brute, brute strength. And everybody who plays on Soldier Field's grass tears their ACL, so you're scared for right? reasons going into Soldier Right? Now, see, but, but like – but the way the designs look now, it's like, oh, it's just you're walking into a top golf. And what do you do at Top Golf? You have fun, okay? I and I don't want other fans to think that they have fun in in Nashville because look, we all know Nashville's become a destination spot and they fill up most of the stadium. But I just I I feel like we need to add some little like brute strength to it. Columns a are a great are a great gift to ask for because you'll be able to use it for years. It's not just yeah. you know, it's not just in season. It's not just a phase like. No, last forever. They last forever. Look at the Parthenon down the street, down on West End. I and that's what I want too. I want like for any of my architecture nerds out there, you know, there's three type of columns. There's Ionic, Doric, and Corinthian. Give oh me my. Corinthian columns. <laughs> you just riddled those. You rattled those off off the top of your head. Did you I, I, that I, up before? That's impressive. Column knowledge. Go to no. Austin. I Good we work. we had to do a project on columns in third grade. Shout out Miss Hartman, um, Edmondson Elementary. Uh, we had to uh, yeah. And so I I I've ever since then I've known about it. And I was like I was big into architecture growing up too. I wanted to be an architect growing up, but instead I was like no. Instead I'll just make a podcast about the Titans that will infuriate me every week. I genuinely don't think I could tell you who my third grade teacher was. <laughs> I, the, that's weird because it was just last year jack <laughs> shut the hell up <laughs> uh, all right well uh, hey tuppers getting our mentions let yeah, us let know, us know. What you want for christmas what's on yes. your titan's christmas christmas wish list that's harder to say than i thought it would Titans ooh, ooh. christmas wish list i've got an idea a cameo a cameo from jared stillman's dad oh, like yes like, could you imagine him just like recording a video into his phone, just being like, "Hey, hey, what's up, 
Tighten Up podcast. Uh, it's Jared Stillman's dad here. I just wanted to tell you guys, Merry Christmas. I hope you're doing well. All right. Thanks. Bye. That would make my ear. That would seriously. Or just give, I, us a, give us a prediction for what's going to happen on. I guess it would have to be, since it doesn't come on Christmas, it would have to be that Thursday night game against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A prediction. A Jared Stillman's dad prediction on That's the Cowboys game. That's what I want for Christmas most. Damn. Okay. All right. Yeah. Get in our mentions at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you want on your Titans Christmas wish list. And uh, we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. All right, Jack, we uh, we should probably get out of here, right? Um, Got to mentally prepare ourselves for another week. This yeah. um, this I'm this Titans... about that that padded wall medical tent. I may need one of those for my home. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'll watch the games from inside that thing. <laughs> this tight look, this Texans game. It's no, it's no cakewalk. And if you think it is, if you think it's like, oh, it's a get right game, this Texas game couldn't be coming at a best time, better time. You're wrong. This, this Texans team is they've just uh, brought both the Cowboys and the Chiefs. To, they took the Chiefs to overtime. They took the Cowboys to uh, down to the literally the last minute of the game. They should have won. And they were the better team that day. It's not, guys. It's not. A, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. I well, mean, for Derrick Henry, it will be, but but for no <laughs> everyone else, it won't. It's be. especially tough because I mean, think about it. We literally for the past three years that we've been doing this podcast. I think it's been three years. No, it hasn't been three years. It's almost three years. Almost three years. But so we've had this segment. It's our favorite segment too. It's laughing at the Texans. The Texans want nothing more than to ruin the Titans Christmas, ruin the Titans season. Oh yeah. They They... can't because a loss to them doesn't really matter, but they'd love to beat them. They'd love to just suck the, whatever confidence is remaining in this Titans, you know, locker room. They would like to suck that out. They they, they want the Titans to limp into the playoffs if they can even get there this is the, I don't think that I'm going too far in saying this, but I think this is the Texan Super Bowl this week. I, I can't even imagine a, a five game losing streak, God. a five game loser streak. Also, if you're one of those losers, I saw a lot of people are, are selling their tickets because it's supposed to be really cold on Saturday. It's supposed to be five degrees. Christmas Eve game would rock to go to. I would love to go if I could. I'm you gonna, unfortunately, don't, I'm gonna, don't, no. I, Gosh, I and I I don't even want to I don't even get because I can go off on a tangent. But the fans that are if you're selling your tickets because it's too cold. In a word, screw you. You <laughs> know what visual words. pops into my head for Christmas? What? I think of you remember Pineapple Man who would always show up front row. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Marks Mariota was the quarterback, you know, Chili Pepper, our friend Chili Pepper. Yeah, Chili Pepper for sure. I picture those guys with Santa hats on in the front row screaming their lungs out for a Titans win. I would love to I, be part of that. I would love to go. So if you have tickets and you can go, I know that a lot of people have plans on don't, Christmas Eve, Don't sell it just because it's cold. Like, gosh. like, And then like Titans fans are like, be so man, fun. we're always so irrelevant. The national media never gives us any respect. You don't give your own team any respect if you're willing to sell your tickets. And here, I know this is pretty rich coming from the guy who's literally been bashing them for the last hour on this podcast. <laughs> But, but, but like, I don't even have the option to go to games. If I, if I had the option to go to a game on Saturday, I would, I would be there. No, no matter the temperature, I would freeze my ass off, but I would be there. I haven't been in two years. I'd love to go to one. And I live in, if you have the opportunity to go and you don't just because it's going to be cold, 
Like, screw you. This is why this fan base doesn't get the respect it deserves. Uh, you're you're the problem. You're part of the problem. So go to the game. You got tickets. Go, go to the game. Go to the game. Surely Texans fans aren't traveling for this. I don't. I don't think Texans fans have traveled in six years. <laughs> you know who really wants this game though is Amy Adams Strunk. Beating the Texans is always big for her father, Bud Adams. Yeah. You know that she wants this losing streak to end and end, end fast. So hopefully the Titans I, can take care of business. Hopefully they can get back on track. I'm pulling for the Jets on Thursday night. I, I think the Titans fans, this is Titans fans haven't been as big of Jets fans as they will be on Thursday since the team plane almost sent Todd Downing packing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all oh, in man. on the Jets. Uh, let's go. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, well, uh, follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, uh, at, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. We appreciate all of you seriously so much. You're the best. You helped us uh, win an award. You've helped us do everything that we've asked from you guys, and you're in, truly incredible. Uh, honestly, Jack, w- w- whenever I'm back in Nashville, we need to like do like a Titans podcast live sometime at some point. Oh, like, we should fun. do that would be a fun ass event. Um, I think that would be a really cool thing to do if I'm ever back in Nashville. We could the, set up um, on the uh, rubble outside of where Exit Inn used to be. Oh, that too soon, dude. Too soon. I Which know, I did I hear that it's not Exit Inn that was torn down. It was that that was just the view from across the street of Exit Inn. But okay. still, Exit it, Inn's time is ticking. Yeah, yeah, right. It's only a matter of time, <laughs> yeah, right. and they'll put up a a, a building that's going to look a lot like the Titans' new stadium. In its place, maybe a new with top. No, with no columns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, follow uh, Jack on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff, and of course, follow A to Z Sports on all of the socials. Uh, a to Z Sports dot com is the website to go to for all of your titans content all of your middle tennessee and really just all of tennessee content uh that you need go there and remember to give us four and a half stars in your rate and review when you rate and review this podcast give us four and a half stars give buck 0.5 stars and uh put that in the uh comments and we appreciate you guys seriously thank you guys so much and uh jack you got anything for the road it's a big week for the Titans. I do hope they get back on track. I'm tired of having these just depressing ass conversations to start the podcast. I, I want some, I want to win. I want to I win. win I want to talk about how great it felt. I want to laugh at the Texans next Tuesday when we record. Maybe that's what we should have asked for in our Christmas wish list. Just a oh, division, you know, I, I've a got division title. I need to send a text to my uncle because I would, I would love to to get the British report for Christmas. Didn't we ask for this last Christmas? You know, you know what happens when you usually ask for things over multiple Christmases? Eventually you get it. Oh yeah. Like oh, eventually yeah. They, it, it either gets cheaper in price or it goes mm-hmm. out of style and no one cares for it anymore, but you'll be able to, to, to weasel your way into it. Maybe I eventually got a PlayStation. That gets, see, that gets me an idea for next week, but All right. I'll, I'll have to send that text. But yes. Uh, Ooh, one more announcement. A to Z sports. Launch two new markets, Minnesota and Miami. If you've got any Vikings fans or Dolphins fans, let them know. We're in a million cities at this point. So uh and things are things are starting to to really get hot and heavy with the playoff race um as the season comes down down the stretch here. So uh let let your let your friends know if you got any Vikings fans or Dolphins fans. But I'm just ready to get back on track and laugh at the Texans, Austin. Let's laugh at the Texans, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> all right. With all that said, until next week. Tighten up. up.
Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and no since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. 